0: At J.M. in the A.M. Well, back in August, the Friends of the Israel Defense Forces, FIDF, announced the appointment of our good friend Stephen Weil as its new national director and CEO to head the charitable organization beginning this past September. And um, this has been our first opportunity to uh, really ask Rabbi Weil about the appointment, and now we get an opportunity to actually speak to him about the first few months in his position as a national director and CEO of FIDF, Friends of the Israel Defense Forces. Rabbi Stephen Weil, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the A.M.
1: It's wonderful to always be on JM&AM, and and especially with you, Nachum. It's really a treat and a a
0: privilege. I appreciate that very much. Uh, There are some, knowing how brilliant a career you have had in both the rabbinate and in Jewish communal life, there are some who uh, expressed surprise at uh, this move to become the national director and CEO of the Friends of the IDF. Uh, if you could take us back to the summer of 2020, when all this was being decided, what could you tell us about this interesting move?
1: It's, it's interesting, you know. I, I took a number of our significant donors at the OU. I took them to the to the White House for the Hanukkah party, and there were a few fellows who said they wanted to speak. You know, so they they saw who I was. They came over. I thought they wanted to speak about a Jewish communal issue here in America, or a lobbying effort, something to that effect. And, and they really wanted to speak about the future of Israel. And I'll tell you, even though our family, we are supporters of idea, you know, in Beverly Hills we would always participate in New York, I really didn't appreciate what the organization does. This is really about building the future of the Jewish people and the future of Israel. It's, it's about transformational educational solutions that enable every Jew to have a chance to make it in life. If, if they're going to give three years or four years or five years of their life, whether it's a young woman or a young man, to the Jewish people when everyone else is going to college and going to the beaches, well, you know what? We want to make sure that they can give the next 60 years of their life to the Jewish people. So this was an opportunity to build Israel.
0: Well, one second. We, we've always been under the impression that FIDF exists. Um, as a support system for those who are currently in the Israeli army. Are you saying that now there's um, somewhat of a an expansion or an attention being paid to other areas where FIDF will be there for those soldiers and those uh, enlistees even beyond during the time of their military service?
1: Yes, a major component of what we do, and this is really after strategic conversations, General Amir Eshel. He's the CEO of the Defense Ministry. This is with the the generals who run the manpower division of the army. And that is that if someone's willing to give that many years of their life, Israel can't afford a GI Bill. 14.9% of the GDP. You know, you talk about one of the greatest miracles in Jewish history is that the Israeli economy exists when 15% of the GDP goes into military. So they turned to you and I. They turned to the diaspora community and said, let's give these kids a chance after the military. So those who can't afford, and, and the Army has the tax returns of the parents, we fund a free university education with spending money so that they can become an engineer. They can live the startup nation dream. They can become a nurse, a doctor, whatever it is that they want to become, they can support a family, and they can build the Jewish people. And That's, this, one, that's one aspect of the kind of transformational you know, educational solutions that we provide to build Israel and build the Jewish world.
0: And this is new, you're saying. In other words, what I described in terms of how the FIDF has been, in my opinion, brilliantly supporting both lone soldiers and soldiers in general with whatever is necessary— whether it's material, whether it's uh, educational material, whether it's recreational events, etc., They've been doing that really well. You're, you're saying this is now an additional focus of the organization.
1: Well, it's actually, it started about 18, even though the organization 40 years old, this, this direction started 18 years ago. But in terms of the, the upper echelons, I'm talking about Aviv Kochavi, I'm talking about Amir Eshel, but the high upper echelon of the army This is their first priority, because it's a Jewish army. A Jewish army is invested in in every neshama. It's invested in every young man and every young woman. It's not just about defending the state of Israel. It's about giving them the opportunity to help build the Jewish world above and beyond their experience as they move past their army experience. So So That's very crucial.
0: Uh, Stephen Weil is with us, new national director of the FIDF. So now when I read that the 2021 fundraising priorities of the Friends of the FIDF are, number one, education, number two, financial relief, and number three, the well-being needs of the soldiers throughout their IDF service, uh, that is a new order to the list of priorities. I'll tell
1: you the one that's a new order is the financial relief. COVID is devastating. Actually, it's not just COVID. It's the three quarantines that have have destroyed Israel. Israel was doing fantastically well with 3.8% unemployment. The the official number today is 21.75, but that doesn't include people who are self-employed. It's over 25%. It's devastating. And unlike America, they can't just print money for bailouts the way we can here. So uh, just to give you statistics... On an average, over the last six years, we've supported financially 8,000 soldiers who come from families under the poverty line. You know what the number was last month? I'm sorry, two months ago it was 29,100. This month we're at 35,000. Wow. There are 35,000 soldiers that are either under the poverty line or in Israel they're referred to as the gray zone. That means they're hovering just at or just above poverty. So we're trying to raise funds. To give them food relief when they go home every second or every third weekend from the the combat unit they have these cards which you know is are very dignified because no one knows that no one knows its food stamps it's, it looks like a credit card and it can only be used in the supermarkets we put funds into their bank account because their parents based upon the relief they're getting from the government can't pay the utility bills can't pay the rent so the idea is that the diaspora Jewry during this miserable economic time Hopefully we can just get them
0: over the hump. So it's always been in some ways a life-saving organization, uh, FIDF. Now it's much more of a life-saving organization.
1: Uh, it's, it's, it's such a tragedy, you know, what, what's happening financially to people in
0: Israel. It's it's devastating right now. Yeah, no question about that. Uh, now you've been in this position for, you know, almost six months um, I've always been impressed, and I've been a big, big FIDF guy. I mean, I, I've gone with my children to dinners, and we've made pledges publicly, as the as is the habit at the <laughs> at the FIDF dinner. And I have seen tables of people, wh- who, you know, uh, those who have no, you know, Jewish ritual background, but are of course, you know, brothers and sisters of ours. And at the same table, uh, uh you know, a Hasidic man wearing a on. I'm not kidding when I say that. I saw that at a Saturday night FIDF dinner. The reason, of course, is because his son was in the Israeli army and had, he had tremendous appreciation of what FIDF was doing for him. So the diversity and the brotherhood in that crowd is simply amazing. My question is, with these tough times, and we know what it's like here also, not just in Israel, in the last six months, have you seen a response from American Jury? Have have we been able to keep up with the needs of the FIDF financially during these difficult times?
1: No, not at all. In fact, 2020 relative to 2019 was a real down year, as it was in many places. Now, what we're doing is we've started this is something called FIDF Live, trying in real quality telling the stories of multiple different Soldiers of really giving you a multifaceted look at Jewish life, trying to reach out to people in a time when it's hard to have face to face meetings. We're raising, on the one hand, a ton of money to help the soldiers, but unfortunately, members are down relative to 2019, right. number one. And number two is the problem is the needs are exacerbated. I'll give you a simple example. Many of these young kids. Not necessarily with your kid or my kid, but many of them, because of the huge pressure of the army, they'll go to Brazil, they'll go to India just, just to, you know, whine, just bleed, so to speak, for six months, eight months. They go to places where they can backpack on the cheap. There's no one traveling during COVID. Right. So instead of us having 8,000 soldiers to provide a full scholarship to, this year it's 11,300, just to give you an example. And these are all... Kids who are in combat units, who are lone soldiers, or and as well come from a family that is, just can't afford right. financially can't afford the college tuition. Oh, I hear so that things are challenging, but you know what? We're the Jewish people, and there's going to be a better day. We're going to come out of COVID, and we're going to build. We're going to build Israel.
0: Right, um, Rabbi Steve Wiles with us. I don't know if um, to the point I was making before which I sort of glossed over about the makeup of those who are supporters, um, I don't know if if everybody in this audience, I mean, we're speaking to thousands of people right now and you know their basic makeup. We know, we know the average makeup of the people listening right now. And I don't know if they are as committed or feel the need to be as committed to FIDF as members of other segments of the Jewish community. Uh, now that you're there, has there been already or do you anticipate a an increased awareness among the Orthodox segment of the community about how important it is to support organizations like yours that support israel soldiers
1: yeah we've the organization historically has not necessarily spoken to the broader orthodox community right. both. I call the yeshivish, the Hasidish, or the modernish community. Right. And the reality is, and I don't say this because I'm associated with it, if you had $1 that you were going to spend on building Israel, it should go to the FIDF right. for a very simple reason. We take care of the luchvis. I'll give, I'll give you an incredible program that we, that we fund. It's called Be'igvut HaChashmonaim, in the footsteps of the Maccabees. It's reliving. Jewish history. It's reliving the Masorah. It's reliving the values in the places where it took place. So what's incredible about this army, it's a Yiddish army, it's a Jewish army, because it's all about building the Shamos. It's not just about defending the country. That, that's why during the Bidud, who's giving the pharmaceuticals and the food to people in the Brak, never ever before has the relationship between the Haredi community The Arab community and the IDF, it's at an all-time high, because it was these young kids who were giving from from the gemachin, from the soup kitchens, they were giving Pesach meals to people who were were homebound during quarantine. Mm -hmm. And this is happening now during this past quarantine as well. So in, in that sense, it's really a Yiddish army, and it's something that our people, meaning the Fum community, really can connect to on a spiritual level, on a financial level, and also building the Shamos and, and building our future
0: together. And I don't mean to suggest, God forbid, that anybody would ever do this, but I think it's important to point out uh, the more the more we please God, and as I say proudly, I have been involved over the years, so I could you know I could speak from a little point of experience. Uh, the more we get involved, I, I think it will only strengthen uh, those from all segments. Of the community that get involved, um, when when there is a common Zionist principle um, uh, uh, throughout uh, Jewish communities and throughout Jewish families of this country, and you know this, you've served in so many different areas of this country, it, it is a very difficult bond to break. Some might think, oh, you know, now that you know, now that there's an appeal to the to, to the Orthodox community to be involved, maybe it might affect the Hollywood community, or maybe it'll turn off other parts of the community. But if there's one thing I've learned from organizations like yours, people appreciate the fact that there is this common bond that many people, even outside of modern orthodoxy, because many of us think it's only exclusive to us, even outside of modern orthodoxy have done a tremendous job raising their children on the principles of Zionism. And I think that that's something that, you know, we can build on in terms of attracting more and more people to become involved in the organization.
1: Absolutely. I'll tell you, you talk about bringing people together. These, are, these are, They're not small financially. They're small in terms of the greater needs. Because of COVID, you can't have creosomagilla of 400 people or 350 people. They have to spread them out. So they turned to us. They they needed hundreds of new megillas just in order to have a Magilla on these army bases right. so that there could be proper spacing so it wasn't just the firm people we raised we raised tens of thousands i'm talking about seventy five thousand dollars just to get Kusher and megillas so they could have a give I I another example Yeah. dry dry sitzios now again i don't know about you nahum I'm not at a point in my life where I'm working out and Schwitzing that much anymore. <laughs> but the,
0: but the, soldier, it, the soldiers are.
1: <laughs> so there are they tens of thousands of pairs of dry-fit And you know what's fascinating? It's not just the Frum people who are paying for it. And the same thing goes for the education. The, the whole the Yiddish education that these kids are getting in the army, you have no idea how it turns them into Jews, into thoughtful, thinking Jews. It's not just the Frum. It's everyone who believes in
0: that. You know, it, and that's
1: what's beautiful. It brings Claudia. Oh, I'm, I,
0: I'm thrilled to I'm thrilled to hear this, and I hope it does get more people from our community involved. It, it, most most don't realize the uh, the um, areas of Jewish education and Jewish ritual that that you're involved with. Frankly, D- do the numbers intimidate you? And the reason I say it is because FIDF is known for bringing in a tremendous amount of fundraising from, you know, really unique sources, including, you know, Hollywood and uh, the the many different financial communities of New York City. I mean, we're talking about some real serious numbers. Uh, I don't know how easy it is, if it's easy at all, you know, to maintain that or to match what's been done in past years, especially now, as you mentioned, during COVID. Is that intimidating for you? Is that something that you think you can build on and increase even more?
1: Well, look at what we did at the OU. When I came and we brought in Alan Fagan and we brought in a team, we were raising not quite maybe six, seven $700,000 a year. Today for Yachad NCSY, we built that up to over $40 million. Wow. It's not simple to go from almost zero to that. Give Qal Yisrael, whether it's from, non-from, you know, this is something we do. We make the case and we speak. And what's beautiful about FIDF, you're connected to the soldiers. You have real relationships with them because you're adopting young men, young Jewish women, young Jewish men. And, and the, the nachas that people get, no matter where you are on the scale, politically, religiously, the connection of Jew to Jew, that's really what's what's so special about FIDF.
0: You know, you have, you have a unique uh, circle of support. I, I alluded to this already. I, I mean, as an example, Chaim Saban is known as somebody who's, you know, outwardly supportive of FIDF. Are there other people that we would have heard of that you've met with or you've spoken to already in your position who we might be shocked or surprised that FIDF is a major priority for them?
1: Yes, I don't unless I have permission from a donor to publicly share their name, I can't. But but you would be shocked, both in terms of the industries, the people, and also their commitment and their passion. We're talking whether it's technology, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's industry, whether it's finance, and in the backgrounds, their connection to Judaism. It's literally from one end to the other.
0: Isn't it's the that, most beautiful thing. Isn't that funny? Because you're dealing with, you know, you're dealing with certain areas of entertainment and, and you know life, you know life in America where where you'd think they'd be hesitant to support the Israeli army. You know, we, we know what the reaction is on campuses when, peop- when, when kids find out that their colleagues in class are officially members of the IDF. I know of cases where they simply won't speak to that person anymore. You, you'd think that a lot more of that, especially in this cancel culture and, you know, where the Israeli army is not exactly the number one um, favorite of so many uh, because of the way it's viewed incorrectly in the media. Are you so th-
1: you, you hit the nail on the head. I'll, I'll tell you one story that's reflective of that, and then I'll share with you specifically what we're dealing with. I can't use the name because I don't have permission, but Chaim Saban told me the story. He went to a famous, I'm talking about a world-class famous designer who everyone's wife knows, happened to be a child of survivors. And one of the programs we do is we bring commanding officers because they have to instill the values of Judaism, of Jewish history, of why we're in Israel. They bring them for a week to Poland, experience Auschwitz, Treblinka, a thousand years of Ashkenaz, and then they go back to Israel. And he asked this person who was a child of survivors of an Auschwitz survivor, would she be interested in helping us fund this program? Mm. So she says, let me understand this. And he showed her a video. You know, this is Chaim Saban. This is not... Right. You know, Rabbi Steve Weil, who's representing an organization. This is a peer. Right. So she said to him, let me understand something. You bring your commanding officers to Poland to Auschwitz so they can learn everything that the Nazis did to us, so they can go back to Israel and they can act as Nazis and do the same things to
0: oh. the Palestinians.
1: <laughs> can you imagine that? That was her response. <laughs>
0: Yes, you are, you, are, you are fighting a battle on many fronts, for Rabbi while.
1: <laughs> I, in terms of that, and I think many of on this call probably know the name of Leora Roussi. Mm-hmm. Leora sold his company, Strativity, and he's one of the incredible volunteers that is giving literally the nephesh to us. Right. We've been working with, with a, some very significant marketing people with a language that speaks to someone who's anti-military, Who's not anti-Jewish, but maybe anti-Israel? Right. This is to that population. Look at what we do. We don't fund machine guns or combat boots. All that we do are transformational, educational solutions for for every aspect of Israeli society. The weakest and the most challenged, and on the other hand, the most gifted, and mm-hmm. everything in between. And we used language, and that's I guess it's probably not for this conversation, but the language that we use of unification, because what blows them away is, unlike America, where people can't talk to each other, if this one's progressive and this one's conservative, they hate each other and they can't speak to each other. Not so in Israel. The Ethiopian, the the, the Moroccan, the, the Persian the South African and the Ukrainian all have to be in the same bunk. Yeah. And they, they do not agree with each other, but they learn to live with each other. You
0: know, I never thought of that. You may be right. The division that the division that we always give credit to Israel for might be greater in this country now than in Israel. You're actually I never thought of that, but it, it's probably true at this point. You, you can't have a normal conversation with somebody on the other side of the aisle in this country at this point and in Israel at least that I think you could still have.
1: There was a great conversation. It wasn't for a Jewish audience. Chief Rabbi Sachs, itself, he was on, it was on a Google. They had this, this forum, and it was really the, the, the audience were, were Europeans. And they asked him, they said, you know, you're a man of theology, a man of philosophy. We, we hear in America the terrible polarization and the hatred between people of different political backgrounds. It's, it's the case in Western Europe. Are there any solutions? Do you have any, do you have any thoughts? He said, yeah, he said, everyone should be looking at Israel. So he used the word nas- national service, right. which is what the IDF is. Right. He says that national service model is what unifies people. They right. don't agree with each other. Right. They learn to live with each other. They learn to exist with each other and respect each other despite their differences. Right.
0: And, and as you pointed out, to the credit of the Haredi community, it's a, it's, it's a different attitude now than it was, which is, you know, very helpful. I mean, we've we got to give credit where credit is due. and. The reality is that as more of their community goes to serve and as more of their community shows appreciation to soldiers, you know, it, it is, it's is—it's obviously a lot different than it was. I, I, I know I know, we have a long way to go, but it, it's different than it was, Baruch Hashem.
1: And I can tell you because we fund Nacho Haredi and we fund their housing.
0: Right. We
1: have some great people. David Hager, Steve Rosedale, Henry Orlinsky are some of the leaders in, in that. And I have to tell you that the numbers are going up. And the number of Muslims going... Not Druze. Druze was always a high percentage. Right. In the,
2: country. Right. the number
1: of Muslims is going up about 6 to 7% a year every year. It's a total trajectory. The, the Abraham Accords is very, very powerful. Right. It's actually having right. an impact on the Israeli-Arab Muslim community.
0: No question about it. Alright, everybody. Steve Weil, he is the new national director and CEO of the FIDF, Friends of the Israel Defense Forces. I want to call your attention, folks, to the 2021 fundraising priorities for the FIDF. You can go to their website, FIDF.org, FIDF.org, and you'll see that um, education, financial relief, and the well-being needs of soldiers are the three priorities that they have uh, in the near future. And everybody out there, I hope, takes an interest in the great work of the FIDF. I don't know why it took so long to get you on the air after your appointment, but I'm so glad you're with us this morning and I, I'm going to say to you, and my, my friends in Jersey, I, I FIDF know this. I made the commitment to them years ago, and I've always maintained it. And now I'm certainly anxious to um, to declare this on the national level as well. Uh, you have carte blanche here, uh, Stephen Weil. Uh, whatever I can do to help, to, especially in the Orthodox community, whatever I can do to help to spread the word about all the programs. And, and once we're post-COVID and this studio reopens up to guests, I hope you'll sit across from me we'll be able to go through all the programs that FIDF is responsible for because there's tremendous growth potential, great interest around the country. I think just like Nefesh Benefesh and, and Birthright, I think there are people in this country who are clamoring to get involved in a serious Zionist organization that helps build the state of Israel, people of all backgrounds—people from people who, who unfortunately, not all their relatives are Jewish—to people who are, you know, uh, it's Haredi. I'm telling you, I think there is a tremendous common bond in there. So this door is always open to you. And uh, what can I tell you? I thank you very much for joining us this morning. Is there anything else? You, is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? <laughs>
1: Can we speak about something that actually is not the focus of FIDF, but might be interesting for the listeners? Please. This is just a little military. If you look at the last hundred years of war, there was always this principle that whoever controlled the skies would, by definition, control the ground battle. In in the miracle of 67, that first hour and a half on June 5th, had we not taken out the Egyptian MiGs, the Russian MiG jets that were sitting on the Egyptian Air Force bases, we would have lost that war. Right. And that ultimately is what enabled the Israeli ground forces, both against the Jordanians, against the Syrians, and against the Egyptians, because they had air support. Well, that was the opposite in the 73. when When the Egyptians and the Syrians had this, those Russian SAM missiles, the surface-to-air missiles that took out the Israeli aircraft, that ultimately caused terrible casualties and we almost lost Israel in 73. Right. Wars changed. Today, whoever controls cyber, it's not whoever controls the air controls the battle. Right. Whoever controls cyber controls the battle. And that's both on the offensive and on the defensive. And today in the IDF, you've got thousands of kids and eventually they become the startup nation. Eventually they become Waze and they become Google and they become this and they become that. But where do they get their start? They get their start defending the nation. And I say this without any exaggeration. Belie Guzma, every day thousands of attempts against Israel. Some of them come from young hackers, most of them. But many of them come from Iran. They're very sophisticated and very talented attempts to just destroy the whole infrastructure of Israel's banking system, its governmental systems, its water system, its grid. So cyber defense and cyber offense is what is going to shape any battle that comes up. And I, please, God, we don't have it, right. but, but let's not kid ourselves. We've got to be prepared. Lebanon's got one hundred fifty thousand rockets on right. our northern border. Right. Iran is preparing for the day they're developing these ICBMs to hit any place in Israel with chemical, biological, and nuclear weapons. It's a dangerous world, and and the IDF is not the IDF of twenty five years ago. Right. It's it's a twenty first century idea.
0: I uh, I can't thank you enough for pointing this out, and and it's funny because. Uh, and I think if I think about the majority of soldiers that I'm either related to or know right now in the Israeli army, they are in exactly uh, the position that you're describing, and that is so important and so vital for our future. Ken, thank you enough. Like I said, open door for you, Stephen. Wile, and I hope you have tremendous success in this position, and you really grow the organization to the point that it helps more and more and more of our dear Israeli soldiers.
1: Well, thank you, and all those who have all those who have lone soldiers out there. This year we've committed $5 million to wow. loan soldiers from all over the world just to enable them that their transition and their aliyah should be successful, their army experience should be successful, and please keep sending your sons and daughters
0: and build the Jewish future with us together. Amazing. Kala thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Five minutes after 8 o'clock, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at and com, and the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, in the beloved NSN app.